Hello friends and welcome back to Swimming and Singing. I'm Sarah Nelson, a certified yoga therapist and yoga teacher working online with people who think they are too tired, too busy, too anxious, too old, or in too much pain to do yoga. I use the traditional practices of yoga along with modern technology to help you create a more easeful and joyful life. If that sparks your interest, head on over to my website and grab the free guide to creating a yoga habit for exhausted perfectionists. The name of my podcast comes from a beloved poem written by Gregory Orr and is a reminder that some days it's all we can do to tread water and then other days there is room for joy. This podcast aims to share practices for both types of days. The Swimming and Singing podcast is brought to you by the Homecoming Online Membership, where I help people just like you find more calm, ease, and joy amidst the ups and downs of life. In today's episode, I chat with Lisa Joy Glassman of Active Potential. Lisa Joy is an integrated movement specialist who works with performing artists on site and online to alleviate pain and optimize performance. This podcast is for inspiration and information and does not replace medical care or advice. I am not a licensed healthcare professional or mental health therapist. Not all practices discussed on this podcast will be suitable or accessible to everybody, but I hope that you find something that resonates and can bring a bit more ease and joy into your life. Let's get to it. Hey, Lisa Joy, and welcome to Swimming and Singing. It is hi. Hey, <laughs> it's so nice to have you. Um, I thought we might start today. If you were up for it, you could just kind of introduce yourself, let folks know what you what you do and who you work with. Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. I like love the idea of being on this podcast called Swimming and Singing. I uh, personally that resonates for me as I work with musicians. So the singing and the voicing part uh, is important, but I also uh, come from an athletic background. So when I think about swimming and singing, I think about the uh, connection and sort of the straddling the lifestyle of athleticism and artism or artistic nature. And that's what I do with people. I mean, I teach yoga, yoga, meditation, movement, um, which I also think, you know, straddles this, this concept of being both artistic and both being an athlete or having athletic practice. And I work with people to help them inside the spaces or the environment that they find themselves in to be intentional about the way they act in their lives. And that includes movement and thought uh, and how those two things work together. So it's like um, some of that off the mat yoga practice that we hear about. Yes, that's so funny that you say that off the mat yoga practice is such a 
buzzword, I guess you could call it these days off the mat yoga practice. Um, to me, I think uh, the mat practice is really just a container, right? Literally taking a two foot by six foot mat and placing it on the ground, perhaps, and saying, this is where I practice my yoga. Um, I have really almost struggled to call what I do yoga or what I teach yoga because I feel like I'm that person who's like, you don't need a mat. You can wear shoes. You can be in the car. You can be in bed. Um, the world is your mat. Um, and, you know, I and I personally do have uh, an intentional morning practice. I am currently uh, on the road and I didn't actually throw a mat in my car. So mm-hmm. I haven't practiced personally on a mat in, I think, about five weeks And yet the space that I'll carve out and the time that I carve out for myself, I could call that a mat. Um, Really, it's just a container. So yes, that I think that um, I like to say I do both because I do also teach practices that um, use that that mat container towel or blanket as a way to um, hold sacred space. But yes, off off the mat practice, I think would be a very uh, accurate buzzword yeah. term. <laughs> um, that reminds me, I follow you on Instagram and we'll link to your Instagram in the bio, but you're in the show notes. But um, yeah, I've seen you practice. I've seen you demonstrate your practice in some interesting places, including I feel like on a boat recently, <laughs> um, some very interesting sites in I want to say Israel and the Holy Land um yeah that is true I did some boat yoga the other day um I think that part of this there's a couple of things so I I do live part-time in Jerusalem Israel currently right now um my my spouse is doing a graduate school program without opportunity to uh be in a different part of the globe I'm currently in Miami as part of that uh, part of that love, lovely being able to follow along with my my spouse. But I really am very committed to a daily practice. It's my preference to do it as early in the day as possible. But I am human, and I've been working on this morning practice for. Uh, let's see. I think about 2018 is when I was truly committed to this. And I started my practice with just uh, two to four minutes a day. I call it my minimum daily requirement, which are a few breathwork techniques that I absolutely feel are essential to me, uh, mostly just observing the breath. And I've slowly built and uh, lengthened that practice over time. I would say my minimum daily requirement now is about six to nine minutes. Um, And so a lot of my practices can be short. It doesn't mean that I won't do more things throughout the day or practice in my life in such a way that's intentional, but um, I try to get it in. So uh, oftentimes it's about 45, 50 minutes. And as you saw, I was on a boat one day, we were traveling, we got up at five in the morning to travel there. So the morning practice didn't happen. But at about 9.30, when we were on the boat, that was the the moment. So, um, you know, 
most of what we do, really all of what we do when we're practicing yoga, breath work, or meditation is uh, internal, right? It's happening internally in our own uh, body, mind, our own conscious effort. And of course, if we take large movements of the body, we will need a little bit more space. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely focus my teaching around the things that you can do in a very small contained environment. Yeah. Thank you. I just, I want to draw attention to what you just said about the minimum daily requirement. I absolutely love that. I think there is a misunderstanding (laughs) amongst a lot of people that like you have to do a, a 60 minute daily practice or you're not practicing and then like you failed at it. Um, I love that. Yeah. Starting with just a few minutes, um, and then letting it grow from there and not having those, those expectations. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so speaking of practicing in small spaces, um, you were telling me you have something called Van Companion. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And maybe um, the, this goes back to who you, who you often work with, which are musicians. And so you might talk a little bit about the musicians as well. Sure, absolutely. So um, I I have worked with musicians for about eight years. I've been doing teaching meditation and yoga and movement for about 15. I'm also a massage therapist. And before the pandemic, I did a lot of festival work, uh, still doing some, but like setting up healing tents on site for uh, artists, VIP and staff, as well as patrons. And of course, working with someone one-on-one, hands-on is awesome. But in order to make uh, meaningful lifelong changes, I won't call them permanent, but, uh, you know, uh, impressionable, regular changes, you really need to be able to practice moving and holding your body in a a way in which just like practicing music, you must repeat. You have to repeat these things. And um, the Van Companion was really created as as part of this uh, musician's membership program to help address this repetitive thing that happens that maybe people who play music don't always think about, but is part of the deal. So if you tour as a musician, or even if you don't tour, but you have to play where you don't live, um, and this happens for any of us, we have to travel to places that we don't live, then we are on repeat in a car, a van, a bus, a train, a plane, a very small contained environment. And so These are all practices included in what we lovingly call the van companion, which is often, uh, it's kind of that first step in the musician's journey when you go towards touring and you move from separate cars to a van before maybe a tour bus. So everyone kind of has this uh, memory of the van or is currently using the van. These are all things that you can do while you're on the road. So you can take that travel time, which could be anywhere from an hour to 10 or 12 hours between shows and actually utilize it for optimizing performance. So instead of like, man, we're just in the van, we're cramped all day, posture is terrible, I'm stiff. You can actually be doing things uh, maybe just a minute or two every hour 
to change that condition, to change the stiffness in your body to looseness, to um, specifically work on the head, the neck, the jaw, the shoulders, the elbows, the forearms, the wrists, the hands, and the fingers. Um, And I say all those individual parts because we actually have you know, sessions in this Van Companion that are one minute to 10 minutes in length that focus on each individual part, um, which of course, if you were on a long journey, you could string together and work on everything, but maybe you only have two or three minutes to do something and your fingers are stiff. And so we have uh, something that you can do just for that in preparation to play. And that's how the, that's how the Van Companion works. Nice. I, um, I love that. And I hadn't really thought about that, but my brother is a musician and like the, the way they repetitively, repetitively hold their bodies. Um, yeah, I could see that, that yoga could be so helpful to release some of those patterns and, and create a little more flexibility and limberness, um, for playing. Yeah, it absolutely can. And I think, um, you know, when it comes to this repetitive motion that comes from playing instruments, uh, for the most part, almost every instrument really sets you up in an asymmetrical position in order to play, where the right side of your body is responsible for one set of things and the left side of your body is responsible for another set of things. So we um, we also have some tailored practices in there. Uh, our membership is member-driven. So uh, if you're a member of the, the musician's membership, you actually get to request content. So people can send in like, videos or pictures of them playing to go with uh, their request of what's going on in their body. And so um, our dream, of course, my dream is to have every single uh, instrument and age represented so that we can um, cover that. But there are certain things that are particular to one side of the body, the other. And I think um, the idea of balance in yoga practice and the way that uh, yoga is taught in our Western culture is really trying to have you do things the same on both the right and left side. And that just might not be appropriate uh, depending on how asymmetrical the body and the structures of the body are. So we we focus on that as well, which I think is a little bit unique and different and really you know, part of the tailoring process uh, of working with people who play instruments um, and the people who also uh, support those players, people who are moving gear and setting up stages and breaking them down. Um, we have practices in there uh, focused on that. So you also don't hurt yourself or injure yourself in the process, especially if you're still doing all of those things yourself, um, which yeah. many, many musicians are. You are the crew and the player and right. the writer, and uh, you still have to be the driver and the sleeper yeah. and uh, the eater. And so we talk about all those things about, um, you know, nutrition and uh, supporting your body throughout. So again, that's kind of that off the mat uh, right. practices. I know you you focus on that as well in, in, in what you teach with if, uh, chronic pain and yeah. So. Yeah. Do you find that, um, do you find musicians have pain? They're coming to you with pain? 
Yeah, um, that's a very interesting question. The answer is most definitely yes. I think um, what's uh, unlike athletes, and I and I I you know straddled both the athletic world, the dance world, and the uh, artistic musical world in my my life. And um, as an athlete, you know, we really trained specifically. Uh, around pain, right? Like about like, oh, how to not be in pain so that you can be performing at an optimal level, understanding that pain is a distraction, understanding that you have to build strength in order to actually alleviate tension, which is not always a concept that um, I think the musicians and artists uh, don't always consider. And so oftentimes I do find people come to me when the pain has already reached a very intense level um, because all of the training has been surrounding the physical actions of playing and wanting to get better. And there's a lot of pressure of performance, um, but it's being addressed in uh, isolation um, and so there's a lot of lack of consideration of the body as the instrument. A lot of times musicians will think about their instruments, their mandolins, their saxophones, um, and they're really nice to them. They put them in these hard cases with velvet. They clean them. They upgrade them. And yet it's, of course, the body, the person, the person with the mind, the consciousness, and a body that's actually physically playing the instrument. Um, and so while someone, if they saw something wrong with their instrument, they'd go get it fixed. They may not do that for their bodies right away. Um, and I think that because of the asymmetrical patterns of playing, I think the repetitive motion, I think there's some emotional, mental factors of pressure. There's, um, alcoholism and drug use there's poor sleep there's travel um and so those things all can weigh pretty heavily on the body and it can um really deteriorate it uh and so that does lead that does lead to pain and um i'm hoping to help people eliminate that pain so that they can play for as long as they want you know play for a lifetime career yeah yeah thank you um, so you talked about presence and presence in action when we were chatting before. Can you, can you talk a little bit about more about that and how that comes into your work? Sure. So, um, again, I think I mentioned like, sometimes I shy away from calling things yoga or calling things meditation, but this is like really at the, the core central component. So being present is really the key to everything right to living uh to experiencing what actually is and presence is absolutely key to performing your best again coming from like uh, i treat all of my people everyone that works with me i treat them all like athletes even if they're never going to uh you know run a marathon or a decathlon it's like we're gearing towards that that performance and uh you have to be on, right? When you play music, you have to be on. And if you play music with other people, then you all have to be on together as a collective. And so practicing presence first in relative stillness, like meditative work, breath work, being able to sit and acknowledge and shut off our 
dial back the clutter of the mind, the thoughts and the emotions, uh, the chemical reactions that are happening in your body, which may even lead to thoughts and emotions. To be able to regulate this is really a, a key component to being able to be present in action or in performance when the moment uh, is really needed. And so practicing breathwork and meditation is is one avenue into this this ability to be present to be able to call it in and then doing physical practices by tying the movement of the body with the rhythm of the breath aka yoga <laughs> um, we'll call it yoga here <laughs> marrying those two things together is really the next step right being able to physically move your body uh, intentionally the way you want to at the moment you want to do it Right. This is the building blocks for playing very intricate uh, series of notes or um, or series of rests in between notes, being able to space these things out. This is really um, like the next step in the key. And so being able to practice these things, like I said, when you're on the road, when you're eating food, when you are warming up to practice your instrument um, and even cooling down after your practice, so you're not just like uh kind of throwing your body under the bus, literally, um, this is this is the work. And so that's where we get into, I call them green room sessions, uh, this idea of having practices, movement and breath work uh, and mental or mindset practices to do in preparation performance leading right in. It could be right before you perform or right before you pick up your instrument to practice with your instrument, um, sort of dialing in at different points of the process and then having like one laying that groundwork, like I said, to be able to call upon it and call upon that presence. Um, because we know that um, unlike other uh, professions where if something's going on in your life, you get, uh, you know, 10 sick days per year or 10 vacation days a year. Um, this doesn't happen for a performing artist or performing athletes, right? It's like, the day of the show is the day of the show. And so being able to um, come to the present moment to clear your head, to cleanse out the body and be able to be where you are, be here now in this moment to dial in and play is such an important um, piece of the puzzle to be the best, right? If you want to be the best at performing, you want to be the best at playing music, um, you got to be the best at being present and being in the moment. Um, and this is something that the more you do throughout your whole life, not just around music, the easier it is to access um, yeah. at any point that you need it. Yes. Would you also say you need to be the best at self-care? <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> um, I actually say uh, if you want to breathe for your life or breathe for a living, you got to be the best at breathing. Um, <laughs> so I, I would start there with, um, you know, self-care and focusing on your ability to breathe, to be able to physically care for the apparatus for breathing. So your nose and your mouth and the face and the jaw and the head that's attached, you know, that that stuff lives in your throat, your neck, your shoulders, um, down through your trunk to your ribs, like being able to care for the shell of your body and then the actual like systems that work inside it. This is, um, 
this is absolutely necessary in order to, again, to be able to be present and to perform. So um, having a practice or practices that are um, working on, you know, keeping the throat clear, keeping it moist, keeping your uh, nose and mouth cared for and open, like right down to brushing your teeth on purpose a few times a day. You know, that is a really simple act of self-care that you, it's, it's very amazing how many um, people ignore that or skip over that, um, you know, for a variety of reasons, moving through the universe, um, you know, not getting good sleep, whatever it is, but to be able to practice breathing, to be able to practice moving, to have um, your neck in particular and your feet in particular um, cared for is a really important, um, it's really important. If you want to be able to use your voice and to move the breath and move your body, the entire nervous system, except for a few nerves in your face, literally has to go through your neck. So the whole command center that moves your entire body has to go through your neck, caring for your neck, the muscles around it, the spine, your nervous system that runs through it, keeping yourself hydrated. Uh, yeah, I think that that's absolutely important. And the better you are at it, the better position you're putting your body or your instrument in to do the things that you want to do. So. Uh, we just did uh, this past year, uh, a couple of short programs. One was the posture improvement program. I mentioned the neck and the feet. We also addressed the shoulders and the pelvis in there. Um, and that's a, that's a, a program we did live, but it will be featured, um, on demand exclusively later on in the year. So if someone's interested in that, uh, it's forthcoming again, it'll be on repeat. And then, uh, uh, because I come from the massage therapy background, I do incorporate a lot of self-massage and what's called myofascial release techniques in order to um, keep the tissues loose and separated and moving, dial back tension, which of course can be not only physically distracting, but mentally and emotionally distracting in order to care for your body, care for this mm -hmm. instrument that that houses your consciousness and your creativity. Yes. Um, thank you. So to wrap up, how, if someone does want to work with you, if they are interested in, um, you know, the uh, replay of the postural clinic, um, if they're interested in the membership, I will of course include links, but can you tell us a little bit about ways to work with you? Um, and do you have to be a musician? Yeah, it's such a great question. Um, so the answer is there's a, a couple of different avenues to work together. Um, we do have this musicians membership and a focus specifically. It's a, you know, a monthly experience. So you're getting on demand libraries. You have the ability to request your own content and have it made for you, which I think is a pretty um, cool thing that uh, we came up with as a way to um, you know, people have very busy lives, so not everyone can get together one-on-one uh, -on -one and meet. It's great that we got to get together and meet today. Um, and then I do also offer individual coaching. So for people who want more attention, are wanting help with really crafting and creating the exact plan of what to do 
figuring out what that minimum daily requirement is that will actually help them move the needle towards better health. Um, we have the Presence in Action program. So uh, everything is on our website, activepotential.com. And um, that's basically what we're doing. We're helping you reach your active potential, whether that's gearing up for performance, whether you um, you know, support and love the world. Uh, we, we do work with, with all different types of people. So um, we do have our specialization working with musicians, um, but we, I've certainly worked with uh, lots of folks over the years, athletes and non-athletes alike, uh, young people and senior people. I used to say I work with athletes, seniors, and athletes who become seniors and seniors <laughs> who didn't know they were athletes. So, um, you know, I, again, I um, really come from the idea that your body is your instrument and your vehicle, your conscious this is our, you know, our connectivity to source and to one another. And the breath is our ability to be present and in that flow state. So if you're interested in working with any of that, I love to, to schedule a chat. You can schedule um, a, a free chat on our website and we can get to know each other a little bit and take it from there. Cool. Okay. Well, that sounds great. All that will be linked in the show notes. So um, you'll be able to find Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy, thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me today. It was really fun to hear um, about the really unique work that you do. And um, yeah, I'm excited to share it with with other with musicians that I know and artists and people who will be interested. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I appreciate being able to come here and you know, music is inherently healing. Um, I know I personally have been healed through playing music and through listening to music and feeling the vibrations and uh, the love and passion that comes through music. And so it was, you know, it was my mission to be able to create something to support these healers that are healing all of us um, through your art. And so thank you yeah. so much. Thanks, Aww, Sarah. Love it. Thanks, Lisa Joy. Friends, thank you so much for listening to Swimming and Singing. Links and contact information for me and my guests can be found in the show notes and on my website, where you'll also find that free guide to creating a yoga habit for exhausted perfectionists. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast. If you have thoughts or comments you'd like to share with me, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep swimming and keep singing.